Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. The gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. That's what we're talking about here, the Growing in Grace podcast. Joel Brzezinski and Mike Kapler talking about the grace of God, his love. And, you know, over the years here on the podcast, you know, we started out this thing talking about grace. It's like, you know, growing in grace. You know, we're talking about grace. What the, what does the Bible say about grace? What why is the gospel a gospel of grace? You know, what is the gospel? You've know, talked about a lot of that stuff. And then, Cap, just before we got on here, you and I were talking about how eventually we began talking more about the covenants, the new covenant versus the old covenant, and how that really didn't change our message. But I think as we talked more about the covenants, the, the old covenant, why it was, well, why it was, why God made the old covenant with the people of Israel and then why it didn't work and why the new covenant was then needed and replace the old covenant. It's not an extension of the old covenant. As we started talking more about that, I think it just helped more define the gospel, why the gospel was needed and, and what the gospel is. And I think it's very helpful if a believer understands the old covenant, why it was given, because a lot of Paul's epistles, a lot of the things he talks about, there's a contrast there between the law of the Old Covenant and how we're not under the law. We Gentiles were never under the law in the first place, but there was a purpose for it, and he talks why we're not under the law. And understanding all this helps us to get a grip on God's gospel of grace. So we thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about that this week. Yes, we... um for many years, we're, we're talking about this this grace of the gospel because it was so different from what most of us have been taught in, in the world of church. <laughs> um, it was just so unique, so so. Um, it, it was just such an opposing message to what we uh, assumed was the gospel, and and so we were so excited about it, and, and we spent years talking about it, and then somewhere along the way. We brought in this this context regarding this grace of, of the new covenant, as you mentioned, and it didn't, it, as you said, it didn't really change um, the, the the message. I think we've had a, a reasonably consistent message o- over the years. A few things you'll you'll see where we've we've grown, and and maybe a couple of things we changed our minds on over the years um, that we hadn't really understood before, or we hadn't really talked much about before. But this new covenant thing, it it didn't change anything that we were teaching regarding the the grace of the gospel so much, but it it helped us expand and, and expound upon it to, to, to uh, re- reveal more of this grace, uh, to gain greater understanding, to um, grow in the knowledge of the truth, and, and bring it into a context that would help us uh, even realize the security of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So this is, uh, it, it's become a uh, one one of the major themes of our, of our podcast here at Growing in Grace, the New Covenant. It, it's a big deal, and you'll hear a lot of different people say a lot of different things, like everything else that you'll find in the Bible, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, if it's not good news, 
then it's probably not the gospel. So if you have to use some sort of a measuring stick, or if something, it's something we just mentioned here in a recent program, if if uh, you're trying to do something uh, to gain favor with God or acceptance from God, then it, that that's probably not the gospel. That that wouldn't be good news. Uh, so uh, let's let's dive into this. Yeah, and I and I think one of the problems that this understanding helps to correct is that, and we've talked about this many times, when you open up your Bible, you think, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I open up this thing, everything in here is for me. And, you know, without knowing the difference between the covenants, then you're going to read a lot of stuff that really doesn't have to do with you. It really has to do with the former covenant, um, the first covenant, and the Jewish people who were under that covenant, and it was given for a reason. But if you think that the things that are said that pertain to that covenant have to do with you, and you're trying to do, you're trying to live your Christian life through these old covenant concepts, then you're missing out on the life of Jesus Christ that's in you, and you're, you're missing out on the, the reason this new covenant was given and why it is a gospel of freedom, whereas the old covenant was not a gospel, like you were saying. It's, it wasn't good. If it's not good news, it's not the gospel, and the, the old covenant was not good news. Basically, if you, if you want to look at it real simply, it was a God made this list of things that the people had to do. All right, it was 613 things. It wasn't just the Ten Commandments, but it was 613 things that the people had to do. And he said, if you do this, I will bless you. If you don't do this, you will be under a curse, because cursed is he who does not do everything that is written <laughs> in the law. And so the people said, we will do this. They agreed to this covenant. We will do this, and it will be righteousness to us. And so it was up to them then to do everything that was written in the law. All those, not just 10, but all those 613 commandments, it was up to them to do it. Well, day one, they messed up right away, and they were messing up ever since that time. No one ever got it right. And so the covenant failed. And it wasn't because of God. You know, God is faithful. God keeps covenants. But Hebrews 8 says that God found fault with the people. If that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. That's what Hebrews 8, 7 says. And so it says because finding fault with them, with the people, he says, uh, that's why I'm going to make a new covenant. And so this new covenant... Uh, and, and God had planned this all along, but the new covenant was going to be one in which God said, I promise to myself. I make an oath to myself. That's going to be the basis of this covenant. It's not going to be me giving a list of things for the people to do and they making a promise to keep all those things. I'm going to make an oath to myself. I don't lie. And so this thing is going to be secure. It's going to be strong because I will keep this covenant that I'm making, uh, this oath that I'm making to myself. I'm going to have my son be a sacrifice for the sins of all the people. And that way, this whole old covenant is going to be made obsolete. And in uh, Hebrews 8.13, 
It says, in that he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. So now that old covenant with all its 613 rules, the Ten Commandments plus the other 603, it's obsolete. Ephesians 2 and Colossians 2 says it's been wiped out. It's been taken out of the way. It's been broken down. It no longer exists. It's no longer there because it's been made obsolete and this new covenant has come in its place that, again, is not based upon me and my promises to God. It's based upon God and his oath that he made to himself. You know, um, this this old covenant and the Bible, like you said, opening up the Bible and, and seeing all this stuff, you think it's just all directly uh, aimed at you. I, I would make the case that the majority of what is written in the pages in the Bible was not written uh, directly to you and me, mm-hmm. uh, nor was it um, aimed uh, at us, directed at us, but it is there for us to look back upon and gain a greater understanding of the message of Jesus, ultimately, is what that's there for. E- even the Old Testament, that's what it's there for, it's to point people to a risen Savior. At that time, he wouldn't have been risen, but it was meant to point them to a Savior, and and, and not their ability to conform to do's and don'ts. The first person on the planet couldn't do it. Nobody's been able to do it since. And you know, this thing with a covenant too, if, if, if we haven't already uh, made this declaration, when, when God brought Israel together as, as a nation and as quote unquote his, his people, where he would you know, introduce this salvation to the rest of the world eventually, um, this covenant the, the thing about a covenant is uh, God didn't just force the, this upon Israel. Mm-hmm, um, right. they, they had to agree to it, and, and Joel alluded to it. They they did agree to it. I mean, God presented this to them through Moses, and they said, we're going to do this thing. No problem. Uh, and, and not only are we going to do it, it is going to be righteousness for us because we're going to be keeping this law keeping these commandments, all 613. And as Joel said right away, things failed from from day one. And Moses came down the mountain, slammed the tablets down. And, and, you know, eventually, I mean, we're talking about one law here, 613 commandments, one law, one bundled package, all put together, not a whole bunch of different laws like what we have in our society today. This, this was all combined together in its own, uh, I don't know, it's like its own constitution, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what we have here is uh, a failure to be able to, to keep that law perfectly. Because over and over in the Old Testament, God was telling the Jewish people, you have to do this, you have to do all of it. And Jesus made it clear that it all really had to be done perfectly. Uh, they had this sacrificial system in place that kind of kept things going, even in their failures. But it was all temporary. It was a shadow of what the people really needed, which was Jesus Christ, uh, who could make a sacrifice and shed blood that would end all sacrifices. But, you know, keep in mind that God did engrave the ten. He carved the ten into stone. But eventually, before the Jews would enter the promised land, we find in Deuteronomy 27 that God would require the Jewish people to write the entire law on tablets of stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it was all one law, it was all one package, it was all bundled together. 
And but today in uh, our modern religion uh, and and in various aspects of Christianity, you've got people out there saying, "Well, the dietary laws uh, disappeared when Jesus died. The sacrificial laws no longer apply, but the moral laws do." Well, where are they getting this at? <laughs> it's not in the Bible. Um, they're they're making an assumption based on some theology and some different things that they believe in um, regarding what Jesus did and the the law that came through Moses, and they still think some of it applies and some of it doesn't. But God made it clear in, in more than one place in Deuteronomy as well as others, you cannot add anything to this law. It, it was a done deal. It was written in stone and engraved in stone. And, and you, so you can't take anything away from it, and you can't add anything to it. That's what God said. So it either all has to be in place, or it all had to come to an end. And this is what we want to talk some more about in regards to the new covenant and, and the results of that being initiated after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, and, and we'll bring in some other things that we've already talked about many times, but I think it's good that we remind ourselves of these things because— I kind of had mentioned in uh, Galatians 3 how Paul said, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So, you know, if if you're under the law and you don't do them, you're cursed. You're under the curse. But Paul said that Christ has redeemed us, and he's talking about the people of Israel, those who were under the law, from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So it all ties together. This is how it all ties together, that the, the law, the old covenant, was there for a reason. And as Galatians says, it held them. It imprisoned the people of Israel under sin until Christ came. And that was all for a reason. We'll talk about that and some other things regarding these differences between the Old Covenant and New Covenant and why it's so important uh, for us to understand. Coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.